Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. I shared on tithing it. Man, I had such amazing feedback on that message. Everyone was like, please, Pastor Bronson, can we speak about tithing every single Sunday? We love it so much. I had two thoughts. Tithing reveals the heart. Tithing says, God, you're in control. Then last week, which is week two, I talked about three enemies of generosity. One was looking at what you're losing. The other one was having a sort of like a a hiding behind self-righteousness. And then the third one was greed. And if you missed those messages, I want to encourage you, jump onto our podcast, jump onto our YouTube channel. You can watch them. You can listen to them again. I really believe God is wanting to speak to you through those messages, let's just pray before I get into it. Lord God, this morning I pray you anoint these words, uh, anoint our time together as you already have through our praise and worship. But I pray today we would hear from your word. We would grab a hold of something. God, we haven't just come here to play church. We've come here to meet with you. So Jesus, I pray that we're meeting with you right now in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Come on, everyone said? Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm glad I'm in church today. Uh, One of the hallmarks of being legacy-minded and thinking about legacy is to think generational. And so when I talk about legacy and when I think of my own life about how I want to leave a legacy, I'm not just thinking about uh, uh, for for people I know today. I'm also thinking about people who are going to follow on after me to leave a legacy in their lives. And I want to ensure that not just only uh, are we following Jesus and serving Him, but that the next generation is also picking up the mantle that the next generation is also leaning into Jesus, that the next generation is also saying, hey, we want to be all in for Christ. We want to see our world reached for Jesus. And so when I think of legacy, I want to talk about legacy that is generational. And we have a, a, when we have a legacy, sorry, a generational mindset when it comes to legacy, we start to realize the following, that maybe sometimes what we want to do, God actually wants to do it through someone else. We start to realize that maybe what we want to see God happen in our lives, God is going to do it in a generation that's going to follow us. And there's a Bible story in in the Bible uh, of King David and King Solomon that that exemplifies that, that shows this example. And King David is at the end of his reign. He's at the, the towards the twilight years of his life, and he's thinking about God, and he's he's looking around, and he sees that that he lives in this amazing kingly palace that he has. And he says that they've built cities in Israel and they've done all these magnificent works. But then he looks to God and he sees where God dwells and God is still dwelling in the tabernacle. And if you don't know the scriptures, if you're a new Christian today, many, many years, hundreds of years earlier, God had asked Moses to build this thing called a tabernacle. It was basically a tent. And it's where God, the presence of God, dwelt. It's where the priests went in to... Uh, to sacrifice on the altars, to, to, to atone for the sins of the nation. And God is still in this, this tabernacle, the tent, and David says, this is not right. David says, this is not good. How can all the other nations that worship false gods have temples for their God, but we don't? And so he says to himself, I'm going to build a temple for the Lord God. I want to build this temple for the, the presence of God to be in that place. And he goes and starts to think about that and starts to plan it, but God comes to him comes to him in a vision, in a dream, and he says to David, Hey, David, I love your heart for me, your heart for God, but 
I want to let you know that you're not actually going to build the temple. It's actually for someone else to do. David, there's too much blood on your hands. There's too much things that you've done. I want it to be someone who has a clean heart, a pure heart, pure hands. And, and, and he says this to David. And I want you to pause for a moment and just think today what that might be like to receive that news from God. You know what it might have been like for David. It could have been a bitter pill for him to swallow. I imagine David, if he had wanted to, he could have gone and said, God, what, look at all I've done for you. He could have said, God, how many, how many enemies have I slain for you? How, many, how much ground have I conquered in your name? I mean, I, I, I slew the lion and the bear. I took out Goliath and I want to do this thing for you, God, and you're not going to let me? It would have been very easy for him to you know, have a bad attitude about or to get upset and, and, and all those types of things if he didn't have a generational mindset. Because in telling God that, in telling David that he's not going to do that thing, he says to him, instead, your son Solomon is going to build the temple. He says, instead, your generation is not going to build the temple for the Lord, but it's going to be the generation that follows through your son Solomon. And so because he's thinking legacy-minded, because he's thinking of a legacy that is going to span generations, not just where he is right now, but generations, he is able to say, I can't build the temple, but there's lots of things I can do to get the temple ready to be built. He says, I can't do those things, but I can start to plan and start to prepare to get things in order. And so we pick up in Scripture today, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Chronicles 29, verse 1. If you don't have a Bible, it'll be on the screen behind me. We pick up the story here. It says this, Then King David turned to the entire assembly and said, My son Solomon, who God has clearly chosen as the next king of Israel, is still young and, young and inexperienced. Are there any young people here today? Are there any people here who maybe find themselves in a season where they feel inexperienced? Is there any people like that today? David says it's about his son Solomon. But then I love what he says about him. He says, uh, 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 says, but the work ahead of him is enormous. For the temple he will build is not for mere mortals. Um, It is for the Lord God himself. Using every resource at my command, I have gathered as much as I could for building the temple of my God. He says that what we are building is not for mere mortals, mere men, but it is for the Lord God Almighty. It is for God Almighty. And I love his heart. See, he looks at his son Solomon and he sees that he's young. He looks at his son Solomon. He sees that he's inexperienced and yet he says that God is with him. And yet he doesn't say that he can't do it. And today, I want to say that's a challenge to some of us in this place who might be older, who might be a little bit more uh, advanced in our ages. I don't know what age that starts at these days. You know, I think that's more at 50 because I'm like 44, so it's a little bit further ahead for me. But, you know, for us, that's a challenge today. See, maybe the next generation, maybe they are young. Maybe they are inexperienced, but can I say something? God wants to do a work through them and in them just as much as he has in your life. Maybe even greater. And see, I want to say, I want to give, I'm jumping ahead, I'm just getting too excited. I'm just getting too excited today. But I want to say, not that they can't do this, but that they can. 
I want to be a man. I want to be a, a father. I want to be a, a person that people might look to that says that they can do it and to come alongside them and encourage them and, and lean in and believe in them and speak into their life and say, hey, you can do it. You have got what it takes with God in you. You can do it. Uh, come to me and ask me. Lean on my wisdom if I, if I have some. Lean on my experiences because I believe that God is with you that God is for you. He wants to move in your lives. And I don't believe it's just for me, but I believe it's also for all of us. See, at Elevation, it's not about age or experience, but rather about heart, passion, and love for Jesus Christ. I mean, if you come to me with heart and passion and love for Jesus, I'm going to say, hey, let's get alongside you. Let's help you. Let's grow you. Let's build you. Let's release you into God's calling for your life because God has something He wants to do in your life. Today, I want to share three thoughts with you about how the story of David and Solomon is going to help us in generational legacy. Number one, if you're writing down notes, how can we have a generational legacy? Number one, we can give all we have. Give all we have. King David, he says this in verse 2, using every resource at my command. Using every resource at my command. My, my time. Uh, my, 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 my money. My contacts. Every resource that I have, I have gathered as much as I could for building the temple of the Lord. David, he's looking at what he can give He's looking at how he can be involved. He's looking at all his resources and he's thinking to himself, how can I support the next generation? How can I support Solomon in, his, in what his God is calling him to do? How can I come alongside him? And there's no hint. There is no sign. There's not a, not a, a slight uh, you know, pause or, 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 or double thinking in his mind for him to think to himself, should I hold back? Should I not give? Should I not get involved with these things today? And I pray today, you know, I pray in my own life that I would use every resource at my disposal to bring up, to encourage the people that are coming after us, the people that we are leaving a legacy for in their lives. I pray that everything within me, that I would do that to carry on the mission of Jesus Christ. My time, my money, my giftings, my energy, my faith, my encouragement, my prayers, my example. Church, I don't want to leave anything on the field that could encourage the next generation to pick up the mantle to follow Jesus Christ. Come on, am I the only person who believes that there's going to come people after us who are going to follow Jesus and do something amazing? Come on, give God some praise this morning. I think we need to come alive today in the name of Jesus. So David, he gets to work, he buys land, he he, he gets architects involved, he deals with city hall and red tape, he gathers different types of resources, he gets trades involved, he does all these things, he starts to get, he starts to plan. And the interesting thing is, if you look in the scriptures, if you look in the Bible, the temple ends up being called King Solomon's temple. I mean, David, King David, the reality is, without David, there would not have been a King Solomon's temple, and yet David doesn't care because David doesn't want David wasn't about the glory he just wanted the house of God built he just wanted the house of God built and elevation I want us to continue with the work of building the house of God 
I want us to continue as a church to build God's house, to see God's house to be built, to see this place, Elevation, Melbourne West, expand for Jesus Christ, to reach out into the western suburbs, to see lives transformed, people saved, people baptized, to see God truly bring revival to the hearts and men and women and children in your lives and the people we know and the people we don't yet know. We've only seen a small part of what God wants to do in this place. Today, we've only seen a small part. And my concern, church, my concern isn't who is going to get the glory whether it's me, whether it's you, whether it's our children, whether it's the next children who are going to get the glory. My concern, like King David, is that God would be glorified in this place. That God would be glorified. Church, we need to grab a hold of that. Guys, we're not just coming to church every week to sing some songs, to hear a person preach the message, to go and have a coffee. We are here to advance the kingdom of God. That's why the church exists, to tell people about Jesus. The mission is to baptize and see people come to Jesus Christ. That is why we are here. The heart attitude is all I have. I give to you, Lord, for you to be glorified. See, the place is not about whose name's on the door. It's not about buildings built. It's not about money in the bank. It's about Jesus and his name being glorified, his name being lifted up in our homes, his name being lifted up in our families, his name being lifted up in our church, his name being praised and glorified. And I want us to be all in, to give all we have, knowing that perhaps we may not see what we want to see. King David may not have seen the temple completion. He may not have seen what it was that he wished he wished to see. But we know Jesus' mission will carry on in the hearts and mind of the generations that are going to follow. Why? Because we were generational in our thinking. We had a legacy that was generational uh, mindset. So because we have a generational, we are about generational legacy, we will give all we have. Number two, we will praise God in our giving. Come on, would you say that with me? We will praise God in our giving. Uh, The story continues in 1 Chronicles 29 verse 5. Now, who is willing to consecrate themselves to the Lord today? It's a question that goes out. It's a question that goes out this morning in this place. So many years later, then the leaders of the families, the officers of the tribes of Israel, the commanders of thousands... And commanders of hundreds and the officials in charge of the king's work gave willingly. David says, who will give to this thing that we are going to do? And then the leaders and the people gave willingly. Then it goes on to verse 9. Have a look to see what happens after the people gave. It says, the people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. David the king also rejoiced greatly. Can I tell you today, there are leaders in this church and your pastors, we give freely, willingly and wholeheartedly to see God do all he wants to do in this place. And the praises of God, the people of God started to rejoice. The people rejoiced before God at the willingness of the giving. The people praised God. And you know what? Our praise is contagious. Your praise is contagious. But I want to let you know something else. On the flip side, so is our complaining. 
so is our complacency. But the praise is contagious. And I know which one I'm choosing. I don't know about you. You know, Joshua says, as for me in my house, I know which way I am going to go. I am going to praise God in my giving of my life. I'm going to praise God and say, God, I get to be part of this. God, I get to be involved in this. God, I get to be used by you. Why did David rejoice? Why did the people rejoice? Because there was a willing, uh, there was a willingness, there was a, there was a freeness, there was a wholeheartedness in the people's giving to God. And I'm believing and I'm praying that next Sunday as we come on Legacy Sunday to bring our offering before God, there is going to be a rejoicing in this place. There is going to be a celebration of joy as we come and give freely, willingly and wholeheartedly to our God. 2 Corinthians 9, 6, we've shared this already in this series, says this, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Church, next week, today, next month, Next year, can I say to you, be a cheerful giver. It doesn't just change the people who you are giving to of your time, your resources, your talents, but it also changes you. It changes your heart. It does something inside of you. And how do I know that? Because it happened in my life. It changed me. Here's what you need to know. The spirit of obligation is the enemy of joy. The spirit of obligation is the enemy of joy. Legacy-minded people rejoice that their sacrificial giving is making a difference. It's making a difference. And we, we praise God in our giving no matter how much we give. And I really want to say that today, church. No matter how much we give, there is a praise that can be in our giving. See, it's not about equal giving, but about equal sacrifice. We're not expecting everyone to give the equal amount, but we are hoping and praying that you'll say, I want to be part of what we are doing of this church, and I want to be an equal sacrifice. See, it might be that you have a greater capacity to give than the person next to you. We're asking you to share in the equal sacrifice that maybe the person in front of you who may not have as much, but is still going to give sacrificially. We are all in this together. To come to God, to give of ourselves, to give all that we can to Jesus, to give to our church. Because we have a generational legacy mindset, because we are about generational legacy, we will give all we have. We will praise God in our giving. And number three, we will move from being owners to stewards. Move from being owners to stewards. King David, the leaders, the officials, the commanders, the, uh, the, 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 the different people, the officers and the people, they realized something about their finances. They realized something about their money that they had. They realized something about the, 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 the wealth, the, the assets, the, the, the bank accounts that they had. And this is what they realized in verse uh, 14 of chapter 29. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Who are we that we can give this generously? Everything comes from you. And we have given you only that which comes from your hand. David's praying to God. It's who are we that we could do this? And he says, God, everything that we give, 
It's because of you it comes from your hand. Lord our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a temple for your holy name comes from your hand and it all belongs to you. I know, my God, that you test the heart and are pleased with integrity. All these things I have given willingly and with honest intent. And now I have seen with joy how willingly your people who are here have given to you. See what David says. He says, I'm able to give because what I'm giving you is what you've given me. David says, everything that comes from your hand, it, 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 it all belongs to you. And he realizes he comes to this place of realization. He understands that he's merely managing that which belongs to God. That which has been given to him by God. It's like the, 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 the proverb of the, of the, the talents. They were, in, in, they were given these talents to manage for the, for the owner. And we church too in our own lives have been given to steward these things. David realizes it's not his own. He's to steward because God owns it all. It is God, God's and church today. I really want to speak into, I really want to, if you don't get anything today, I would pray that you receive this, that we would grab a hold in our hearts, that we would realize deep, deep down, that we would see God, everything that we have, it is all yours. And I know that you had to go out and work for that. How do I know that? Because I have to go out and work for it too. But can I just say that it is God's at the end of the day because we truly believe that every good thing in our life comes because of what? Because of God. And so we say to God, every good thing we have is because of you. And whether it's the relationships we have, the family we were born into, whether it's the career that we have, the assets that we do or don't have, whether it's health in our bodies, everything we have that is good is from God. And we say, God, we are merely handing back that which is yours. We don't own it. We are simply managing it. We are simply stewarding it. And we want to be good managers, good stewards of what you have given us. What I give to you is what has come from your hand, God. I believe that so much. So God, help me to see that. Maybe today that needs to be the prayer of some of us in this place today. God, help me to see that that is what is occurring here. I am simply managing that which you've given me. God, help me to realize that. God, help me to live like that. Not just to receive the information. Not just to have it in my heart. But also to live, outwork that revelation in my life. Church, if you would grab a hold of this, this is one of the greatest things. And I'm not even talking about money now. I'm talking about living a life where you will give of yourself sacrificially to the world around you. If you would grab a hold of that, it's not going to just change people around you. I know I keep saying this, but it's going to change you. You gain out of this too. God wants to do something in your life. And our legacy goal for 20. 22 is going to require us to move from owners to stewards. Now, our legacy goal for 2022 is, is $50,000. That's what we're believing for. That's what we're praying for. But can I just say something today? I really believe if there would be men and women here today that would move from being owners to stewards, I really believe we can actually blow way past that goal. 
Like that's the goal we've set because we said these are the things we want to do in uh, church planning. These are the things we want to do in our own church community. These are the things we want to do in missions. And so we've added them all up and that's the figure we come to. But I really believe as God stirs in our hearts, as God calls something out of us, hey, Hey, would you, would you think legacy-minded? Would you think generational? Would you go above and beyond? Would you, give, would you praise me in your giving? That I reckon we can blow well beyond that. And it's going to require us coming together, all of us being involved. And maybe for some of us, it's going to be the first time we'll be involved for legacy offering. Maybe today's your first time in church. You've picked an amazing day to come to church. We're doing a thing that everyone hates about churches, talking about money. But please, come the other 48 Sundays of the year where we don't do that. And you'll discover that we're not all about that. But what we are about is reaching our world for Jesus Christ. So I'm not backward in coming forward and saying, guys, we need finances to reach the world for Jesus Christ, the mission of God. And so it's going to require all of us coming together. So maybe some of us for the first time are going to have to be involved. Maybe for others, you've been involved with legacy before, but maybe God is saying, hey, how can you give above and beyond what you've given in the past? Maybe God's stirring something in your minds, to, in your hearts today. Maybe, you've, maybe you're a young person and you've just started working a full-time job or a part-time job, and God's saying, hey, you may be young, but it doesn't matter how much you give. It matters that you're giving sacrificially. Every dollar represents a person. Every dollar represents a community change. Every dollar is something that can reach the world for Jesus Christ. And see, as we come to give, as we come and bring our offering, we're going to pray, God, use this. Jesus, use this for our church planning. Use this in our building. Use this, Lord God, in our missions giving. God, use this. See, See, guys, never, ever just put your money in and never, ever pray. You pray over that. You say, God, I want to see you use this abundantly. God, I want to see your kingdom advance. God, I want to see Jesus glorified. God, I want to see people saved as we put our money in. We're going to be praying, God, we want to see the world reach for Jesus. We want to see a legacy in people's lives. We want to see a generation that's going to follow us, that are going to pick it up. They're going to continue to make the mission of Jesus Christ. And so because we're about generational legacy, we're going to, one, give all that we have. Number two, we're going to praise God in our giving. And number three, we're going to move from owners to stewards. And so let me just share briefly on our legacy 22, uh, 2022, uh, what our legacy is going to be used to, what we are giving towards. We've done in the previous weeks, week one, we talked about our heart, which is church planting. Uh, we believe that the local church is the answer. For the world, and so we believe that more churches are the answer, and so we believe in church planting. So we are giving towards church planting this year. Uh, week two, last week, I spoke about our home, our building, and so part of our church, uh, our legacy offering is going to go towards some operating expenses, uh, new new alarm systems, uh, church office, repainting the lines in the car park, so that we're not smashing into each other in the car park. New coffee grinder. Blinds in the, in the foyer, different things like that. And then this week, I just want to speak about where our third area of our legacy offering is going to go. And it is our hand, and it's about missions. So we want to reach outside the four walls of the church. We want to reach out to the communities here locally and abroad and further afield. And so we want to do that. And so this is what it's going to be this year. We're going to give towards these different organizations. The first one we're going to give to is an organization called Global Care. 
If you don't know, Global Care is the social justice and disaster relief arm of INC, which is the denomination that we are part of. And so we're going to give to this organization. They've done so many great things in this nation of Australia, in the bushfires, floods, uh, all types of different things that they have been involved with recently and in the past. And so we're going to give towards that. The second thing we're going to give towards is uh, our Solomon's Islands Bible College. I think there might be some photos that might come up. So our Solomon's Islands Bible College uh, that we are part of as part of INC in the Solomon Islands that raises up men and women who come along and say, we want to be pastors, we want to start a church, we want to be leaders, raises them up, sends them out. I mean, it's, do we have it up there? It's all good. Uh, they're doing an amazing thing reaching people uh, in, the, in the Pacific Islands. The third pla- uh, place that we want to give to is we want to give to Answered Prayer, which is the charity that Mary just spoke about today. We want to help those, that couple come along. Come on, let's, let's come on. When I found out that, that this, this great couple had a charity, I was like, wow, if we're giving money to people outside our church, to other charities and organizations, we're definitely 100% going to give to a couple inside our own church who are doing that. They're doing an amazing work. We want to support them and come alongside them. And then the fourth area we are going to give towards is Scripture Union uh, Victoria, and they run school camps. They have school programs, uh, breakfast clubs, garden clubs, all different types of things. I met up recently with a new... Uh, um, a care officer here in the western suburbs of Melbourne for Scripture Union, and uh, she was really excited about the work they're doing. They're actually really focusing. It's the very first time they've ever had someone focused to meet people's needs in the western suburbs of Melbourne. And so we're going to partner with them to reach schools, young people. Why? Because we've got a generational mindset. We want to see them reach for Jesus Christ, so we're going to come alongside them and help them as well. These, these organizations, these charities, these colleges, they can reach people that we'll never reach. Like they're going to see people, they're going to speak into people's lives that we could never reach. They're going to meet their needs, their physical needs. They come, along, come alongside them and help them in their need, but also, they're also going to come alongside them as they have opportunities, as they have chances to, as they, God leads them to tell them about Jesus. And you know what? The thing about this is that you may never go somewhere Physically, but you're going to go there because of your giving. You may never see that person saved, but because of you here today in Melbourne West, that person is going to come to make a difference. They're making a difference in people's eternities, and we're going to make a difference as we come alongside and support them today. So just very quickly, I know I've said this every week, but I want to say it again. There's a pledge card in front of you. I want you to grab that. I want to put it on your fridge, put it in your mirror, put it on your desk, somewhere where you see it. Put it in your kitchen, wherever that might be. You know, young people, put it on your PlayStation, whatever it is. You know, put it somewhere where you see it. Let it speak to you. Let it speak to you. Let it speak to you. How can I be involved with legacy? And then two, I want you to seek God for what legacy means to you. Maybe legacy means something else to you than what we've been sharing about. Hey, that's okay. We want to do legacy together and reach people for Jesus Christ. Thirdly, I want you to pray about what you want to give to our legacy offering. And then fourthly, next Sunday, bring it to church. If the keys could come, that would be amazing. Right now, let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you today. We praise you in this place. We give you glory. Jesus, today.